I've never actually done what we're what we're going to do here. Um, it just seemed like what the Holy Spirit wanted me to do was read from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we're going to just, my sermon today is we're going to read the Bible exclusively. A lot of times we'll turn in scripture and then I'll comment, you know, a normal sermon, that's how it goes. You're not just reading the Bible the whole time. But, you know, I can't think of anything better to do than just read the Bible. How about you? And so we're going to take Jesus from him being before Pilate all the way to the tomb. And we're going to look at that and read that from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because you see, you have to put Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John together to get the full picture of what happened. So, and I don't know anybody who would argue against reading the Bible. So, follow along with me. Let's go to Matthew 27, verse 11. This is going to be in the New King James Version. It'll be on the screen if you don't have a Bible with you. And follow along. Matthew 27, Verse 11. Now Jesus stood before the governor, Pilate, and the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said to him, It is as you say. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he answered him not one word, so that the governor marveled greatly. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him, saying, Have nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, What then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? For they all said to him, Let him be crucified. Then the governor said, Why, what evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And all the people answered and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. 
When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they spat on him, or they spit on him, and they took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him away to be crucified. Now as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they had come to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, place of a skull, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink. But when he tasted it, he would not drink. Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, they divided my garments among them, And for my clothing they cast lots. Sitting down they kept watch over him there. And they put up over his head the accusation written against him. This is Jesus the king of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him. One on the right and another on the left. And those who passed by blasphemed him. Wagging their heads. And saying, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking with the scribes and elders said, he saved others himself. He cannot save. If he is the king of Israel, let him come down now from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will Uh, If he will have him, for he said, I am the son of God. Even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing. Now from the sixth hour, that's high noon, until the ninth hour, three o'clock in the afternoon, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood there, when they heard that, said, This man is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, put it on a reed, and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, Let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep, or who had already died, were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and all those with him, or when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. And many women who followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, were there looking on from afar, among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. And when evening had come, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, 
who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be given to him. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock. And he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. And Mary Magdalene was there and the other Mary sitting opposite the tomb. On the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember while he was still alive how that deceiver said, After three days I will, I will, will arise. Therefore, commanded that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the people, He has risen from the dead. So the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard. Go your way. Make it as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the guard. That's what Matthew had to say about it. Now let's go to Mark 15, verse 1. Mark 15, verse 1. Immediately in the morning, the chief priest... Now again, we're going back to Jesus before Pilate. I just think it's, it's good to do this. Just read the Bible. Can't think of anything better to do, can you? Mark 15, verse 1. Immediately... In the morning, the chief priests held a a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council, and they bound Jesus, led him away, and delivered him to Pilate. Then Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered and said to him, It is as you say. And the chief priests accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. Then Pilate asked him again, saying, Do you answer nothing? See how many things they testify against you? But Jesus still answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled. Now at the feast, he was accustomed to releasing one prisoner to them, whomever they requested. And there was one named Barabbas, who was chained with his fellow rebels. They had committed murder in the rebellion. Then the multitude, crying aloud, began to ask him to do just as he had always done for them. But Pilate answered them, saying, Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priests had handed him over because of envy. For the chief priests stirred up the crowd, so that he should rather release Barabbas to them. Pilate answered and said to them again, What then do you want me to do with him whom you call the king of the Jews? So they cried out again, Crucify him. Then Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, Crucify him. So Pilate, wanting to gratify the crowd, released Barabbas to them, and he delivered Jesus after he scourged him to be crucified. Then the soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium, and they called together the whole garrison. And they clothed him with a purple, with a purple, and they twisted a crown of thorns 
put it on his head and began to salute him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they struck Jesus on the head with a reed and spit on him. You imagine that. And bowing the knee, they worshipped him. See, they were mocking him. And when they had mocked him, they took the purple off him, the purple robe off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him out to crucify him. Then they compelled a certain man, Simon, a Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. What an honor to carry the cross of Christ. Verse 22, And they brought him to the place Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. Then they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, but he did not take it. I will comment right here. At one point, this point, he wouldn't take it, but later he did. And people sometimes ask about that. The reason he didn't take this was because it was mingled with myrrh, which was a painkiller that they would often give to uh, people being crucified to, to numb their senses. Uh, it's a painkiller, and Jesus wouldn't take it. Later on, when, they, when he said, I thirst, and they gave him something to drink, they put it up on the sponge. See, that was not filled with myrrh. That was not a painkiller, but this was. And Jesus, verse 23, said he did not take it. And when they crucified him, verse 24, and when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots for them to determine what every man should take. Now it was the third hour, and they crucified him. I will say that Matthew, Mark, and Luke used Hebrew time. John, we'll see in a moment, he used Roman time. This third hour was 9 o'clock in the morning. Verse 25, it was the third hour, nine o'clock in the morning, and they crucified him. And you know, I, I just want to say this. Verse 25, they crucified him. Notice those three words, they crucified him. But you know, if you studied into what a crucifixion really entailed... I mean, I could stand here for hours and talk to you about the, crucif the crucifixion process. It was a brutal thing. Brutal thing. They crucified him. I think we really need to stop and think about, the Bible just says they crucified him, but you need to really think about all that, that entailed and nailing him to the cross and how hard it was to breathe. and I think we ought to also think about they scourged him. You know, the Bible says they scourged him, but that scourging process that the Romans used was, was brutal. They literally ripped Jesus' back wide open. Absolutely tore it absolutely open. We think of, uh, it said they twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. Those thorns were probably about that long. 
And they rammed that down on his head. I just want you to think about what he, and he was doing that. He didn't have to do any of that. He did it for you and me. He took our place. We need to remember that. I think about Barabbas. Did, did you get that? He, he took the place of Barabbas on that cross. But really, we're all Barabbas, aren't we? Anyway, verse 25, they crucified him. And the inscription of his accusation was written above the king of the Jews. With him, they also crucified two robbers, one on his right hand and the other on his left. So the scripture was fulfilled, which says, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, Ah, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days. See, Jesus in his ministry said that you destroy this temple, I'll rebuild it in three days. And they thought he was talking about the temple, that the, the building, but he wasn't talking about that. He was talking about his body as a temple. Verse 30, save yourself and come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking among themselves with the scribes said, he saved others, himself he cannot save. Now, you know he could have saved himself. You know, he, he said, no man takes my life from me. I lay it down and I take it up again. Didn't he say that? He could have called legions of angels, but he didn't do it. How many of you glad he didn't do it? Our eternal destiny hung in the balance. Verse 32. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. You know, they saw the miracles he did. They didn't believe. If he had come down from the cross, you know they still wouldn't have believed. Even those who crucified... Even those who were crucified with him reviled him. Remember that. Looks like they were both, both those thieves were reviling him, weren't they? And when the sixth hour had come, now what time is that? It's high noon. There was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. Until three o'clock in the afternoon. I believe that's when God the Father turned his back on, on Jesus. Why did he turn his back on Jesus? He wasn't turned his back on Jesus. He was turned his back on Jesus as our substitute because that's when our sin was laid on him. You okay? And darkness in Scripture is very often a sign of judgment. Verse 34, And at the ninth hour... It's three in the afternoon. Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is translated, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he was quoting the first verse of the 22nd Psalm right there. Verse 35, some of those who stood by when they heard that said, look, he's calling out for Elijah. Then someone ran and filled the sponge full of sour wine, put it on a reed and offered it to, to him to drink, saying, let him alone. 
Let us see if Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and breathed his last. Then the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. That was the temple there in Jerusalem. And notice it was split not from the bottom up, but it was split for, like would happen normally in an earthquake, but it was split from where? The top down. Thus that was God ripped that thing. Because with the death of Christ, see, only the high priest could go in there once a year, but with the death of Jesus, now we all have access and can come boldly to the throne of grace. Isn't that wonderful? Verse 39, so the centurion who stood opposite him saw that he cried out like this and breathed his last. He said, truly, this man was the son of God. Now, this centurion was a hardened individual, no doubt. And the death of Christ shook him to the core. And I believe he got saved right there. Verse 40, there were also women looking on from afar, among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, the less, and of Joseph and Salome. Or Salome, Salome is how I'd say that. Verse 41, who also followed him and ministered to him when he was in Galilee, and many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. Now when evening had come, because it was a preparation day, that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent council member who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, coming and taking courage, went into Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate marveled that he was already dead. And summoning the centurion, he asked him if he had been dead for some time. So when he found out from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph. Then he, brought, he, he, bought, he bought fine linen, took him down and wrapped him in the linen... And he laid him in, in a tomb, which he had hewn or cut out of the rock, and rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. And Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, observed where he was laid. Now that's Mark's account. Now let's go and see what Luke has to say. See, you have to put all these together, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, to get the full picture of what happened. Let's go to Luke 23, verse 1. Verse 20, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 23, verse 1. Then the whole multitude of them arose and led him to Pilate. So here we go, back, Pilate. Jesus before Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar. Now, did Jesus forbid to pay taxes? He said, Render unto didn't he say that? And, and to God, what's God? Didn't he say that? They're lying on him, aren't they? Anyway, forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ a king. Then Pilate asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, It is as you say. So Pilate said to the chief priests in the crowd, I find no fault in this man. Think about that. But they were the more fierce, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee to this place. When Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked if the man, he asked if Jesus were a Galilean. Now, we're going to get something here in Luke that we didn't get in the other, other two accounts. 
And as soon as he knew that Jesus belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. Now when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad, for he had desired for a long time to see him, because he had heard many things about him. And he hoped to see some miracle done by him. Then he questioned him with many words, but he answered him nothing. Now, I, I, I could preach a whole sermon on this. I'm just going to take just a moment here and say this. He answered Herod nothing. It's interesting as you really look into this and study it, when he was before the Sanhedrin and all of that, they questioned him and they, they, they accused him. They accused Jesus. We didn't read the part because before he went to Pilate, he was before the Sanhedrin and they had an illegal trial and, and all of that. Before sun, sun, the sun arose and... and they accused Jesus of many things. and But here it's, it's interesting. Pilate, Jesus did have a conversation with Pilate, didn't he? Yes or no? Jesus did speak back to Pilate, did he not? Pilate asked him some questions and Jesus did answer. But this guy here, Jesus, did not answer his questions. And it's interesting, and there's a, you could preach a whole sermon on this. The reason I'm convinced that Jesus said nothing to Herod, does anybody know who had John the Baptist's head, head chopped off? It's interesting. You see, God sent John the Baptist to many people and he sent the voice of John the Baptist to Herod and Herod cried out to John to get, I'm sorry John cried out to Herod John the Baptist cried out to Herod to get Herod to repent are you with me now? John the Baptist cried out to Herod to get him to repent. And Herod would have nothing to do it do with it. He wouldn't listen to John, but rather had him beheaded. And I believe that's the reason here that Jesus would not answer him. Much we could say about it. It's interesting to think about, isn't it? He wouldn't speak to this man. He had already spoken to him through John, and he wouldn't listen to John. I don't ever want to be in a position where Jesus isn't talking to me. Huh? Now, I think it could have been different if, if Herod would have re had a repentant heart. But do you see a repentant heart in this man? Huh? 
And the lesson we should take away from what I just said there is we need to listen to the voices that God sends to us. We need to listen to the word of God. We need to listen to what God is having the preacher say. Right? Remember the rich man and Lazarus? How many remembers that? Luke, the 16th chapter, and Lazarus had died. The, 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 the beggar and that rich man cried out from hell, and he said to Abraham, send, he said, I have five brothers. Send, send Lazarus back to my brother's house. They'll believe if somebody's raised from the dead. And remember what Abraham said? He said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, no, 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 if somebody raises from the dead and goes back, they'll listen. He said, if they'll hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. I'm going to make a statement next week that's very powerful. I'll just give you a little preview of it. But you know there's people that saw Jesus walk out of that tomb and still didn't believe. Who am I talking about? Those soldiers. Yes or no? Saw the angel come down, roll the stone away, and saw Jesus walk out of that tomb. Knocked him down to the ground. And we see they go into the, in, into the city there and tell the high priests and whatnot. And they concocted a story. It took money to tell a lie. Is that right? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet what? I never seen, but I believe. How about you? What am I trying to say? There's people that'll that'll see that still not believe it. We need to Herod needed to listen to John the Baptist. He didn't listen to him, and, and he had his head cut off, and uh, and he's still not repenting. And Jesus isn't talking to him. Just thought I'd throw that in. Verse nine. Again, let's read it. Then. Then he questioned him with many words, but he answered him nothing. The chief priests and scribes stood and vehemently accused him. And one reason also, too, that Jesus didn't answer uh, these accusations is because Isaiah the prophet said, As a sheep before it shears is dumb, so he'll answer him not not a word. Remember that? It's interesting, too. I, I'm sorry for these, these little comments, but they can help you, I think. Is it okay if I make little comments as we go? It's interesting that at the time that Jesus was being on, when he was on trial, being looked at by Herod and Pilate and these others, and they could not find any fault with him, could they? Could they? The only th- stuff they could come up with was lies false accusation. It's interesting, at the time that Jesus was on trial and, and, and they, were, they were inspecting him, they, Pilate, Herod, I mean, they couldn't find any fault in him. At that same time, the lambs were being, for the sacrifices, the lambs were being examined to try to find one that did not have any spot or blemish under that sacrificial system at this exact same time of the year. Isn't that interesting? Jesus fulfilled every type and sacrifice of the Old Testament, didn't he? I'll just throw this in now, just to be good. 
The main word of the old covenant is do. The main word of the new covenant is done. Jesus done it for us. Can you say amen? Anyway, let's, let me get back to reading here. Verse 11, Then Herod with the men of war treated him with contempt and mocked him, arrayed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him back to Pilate. So where did he get that gorgeous robe? Actually, he got it over at Herod's, didn't he? That very day, now this verse 12, that very day Pilate and Herod became friends with each other for previously they had been at enmity with each other. You let Jesus get between the worst of enemies and he'll make them friends. Preach a whole message on that. Then Pilate, verse 13, when he had called together the chief priests and rulers and the people, said to them, you have brought me, you have brought this man to me as one who misleads the people, and indeed, having examined him in your presence, I have found no fault in this man concerning those things of which you accuse him. No, neither did Herod, for I sent you back to him, and indeed, nothing deserving of death has been done by him. See, they couldn't find anything wrong with Jesus. We're talking about two heathens. Verse 16, I will therefore chastise him and release him. For it was necessary for him to release one of them at the feast. And they all cried out at once saying, Away with this man and release to us Barabbas. Who had been thrown into prison for a certain rebellion made in the city and for murder. Pilate therefore wishing to release Jesus again called out to them. But they shouted, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Then he said to them the third time, Why, what evil has he done? I've found no reason for death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. But they were insistent, demanding with loud voices that he be crucified. And the voices of these men and of the chief priests prevailed. So Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they requested. And he released to them the one they requested, who for rebellion and murder had been thrown into prison, but he delivered Jesus to their will. Now as they led him away, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon a Cyrenian, who was coming from the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. And a great multitude of the people followed him, and women who also mourned and lamented him. But Jesus turning to them said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. Now this is something that Luke brings out that the others do not. Speaking, Jesus speaking to these women. Verse 29, For indeed the days are, are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren wombs that never bore and breasts which never nursed. Then... They will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and the hills cover us. For if they do these things in a greed wood, what will be done in, in a dry... What he's doing there is he's prophesying of, the, of essentially what Titus was going to do some 40 years down the road and, and, and whatnot there in Jerusalem, the Roman ruler Titus. And then he was also really talking on into the tribulation period. Anyway... Verse 32, there were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. 
And when they had come to the place called Calvary, they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he's the Christ, the chosen of God, the soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And the inscription also was written over him in the letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. I think, it, I think if you put Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John together, I think what it says is, this is Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. That's what that inscription said in Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. Then one of the criminals who were hanging, hanged, with, who's hanging there, crucified, blasphemed him, saying, now, now watch this, one of the criminals who were, who were hanged, blasphemed him, saying, if you're the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. So apparently when they went on the cross, both thieves were reviling him, but one repented, didn't he? And the other one didn't. Much we can learn from that. It's never too late to repent, is it? It's never too late to do the right thing until you breathe your last. Then it's too late. This guy, he had a experience. I mean, he just got in just under the gun, didn't he? It's called a deathbed repentance. I don't want a deathbed repentance. Now, it beats going to hell, doesn't it? But I don't want to cut things that close. How about you? But you know what? This guy here, as, as, as this was a criminal, an absolute criminal hanging there next to Jesus. And look how easy it is to get saved. Isn't it easy to get saved? Just that quick. He didn't have to, he didn't have to be water baptized. He didn't have to join a church. He, didn't, he never gave a dime in tithe money as far as I can tell. He ne- none of that. What did he, do? he said, Jesus, remember me. And that quick, he's saved. Isn't that something? That quick. His eternity sealed for the good when Jesus said, I mean, what better words can you hear than from Jesus saying, you'll be with me in paradise? That's good news, isn't it? I guess if he said, well done, good and faithful servant, that'd be, that'd be good too, wouldn't it? I want to hear that. How about you one of these days? Now look at this, verse 44. Now it was about the sixth hour, that's noon, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour, that's three in the afternoon. The sun was darkened, the veil of the temple was torn in two. We saw that, didn't we? And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. So when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. And the whole crowd who came together to that site, seeing what had been done, beat their breasts and returned. 
but all of his, Jesus' acquaintances, the women who followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Now behold, there was a man named Joseph, a council member, a good man and a just man. He had not consented to their decision indeed. See, he didn't want Jesus to be crucified. He was from Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who himself was also waiting for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. When he took it down, he wrapped it in linen, laid it in a tomb that was cut out of the rock where no one had ever laid. Have you ever, ever heard of the Shroud of Turin? That's it's probably right there it is, probably more likely. That day was the pre, uh, preparation and the Sabbath drew near. And the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. Now we've got one more to go. This is good to read, don't you think? This is good to read. I believe God will bless us just for reading the Bible. Just just given time, just reading the Bible. John eighteen twenty eight. This is the this is John's account. We'll read this and then receive communion. How you doing? You okay? John eighteen twenty eight. Let's see what John has to say about this. And they laid Je- <laughs> and they laid and they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the praetorium and it was early morning but they themselves did not go into the praetorium lest they should be defiled but that they might eat the Passover and that had to do with Jewish customs we won't get into that Pilate then went out to them and said what accusations do you bring against this man and they answered and said to him if he were an evildoer we would not have delivered him up to you If he were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him up to you. Then Pilate said to them, You take him and judge him according to your law. Therefore the Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. And it wasn't. That's why they wanted the Romans to to get involved. That the saying of, of of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying by what death he would die. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were, were of this world, my servants would fight. So that, so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. But you have a custom that I should release someone to you at the Passover. Do you therefore want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Then they all cried again, saying, Not this man, but who? Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Chapter 19, verse 1. So then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. 
it's a big deal there. That's as a, it, it, a lot of people didn't make it through the scourging process. And the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe. Then they said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him with their hands. Pilate then went out again and said to them, Behold, I'm bringing out to you, I'm bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no fault in him. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said to them, Behold the man. Therefore, when the chief priests and officers saw him, they cried out saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, oh, it's interesting, I'll just throw this in. Just a few days earlier, they were crying out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the next thing you know, they were looking at Jesus and saying, by what authority do you do these things? And now they're crying out what? I say that because I want to teach you something. People can change on you that quick. And don't be surprised when they do. Some of them. It's just human nature. Verse 6. Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, said to them, You take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to our law, he ought to die because he made himself the Son of God. Therefore, when Pilate heard that saying, he was more afraid. I would have been too. How about you? And went again into the praetorium and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Now, in this question, he didn't answer him. Herod, he didn't answer any of the questions. But Pilate, he answered some of them. Now, verse 10, Then Pilate said to him, Are you not, are, are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I... Now, watch this. Do you not know that I have power to crucify you? And power to release you. And Jesus answered, You could have no power at all against me unless it's given you from above. Can you say amen? Well, I like that answer. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. And that's verse 11. Let's look at verse 12. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, If you let this man go, you are not Caesar's friend. Whoever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus out and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, and in the Hebrew it's Gabbatha. Now, I wouldn't want to have been Pilate. I wouldn't want to have been him sitting there judging Jesus. How about you? I mean, there's going to come a day where that table is turned. Is that right? Verse 14, now it was a preparation day of the Passover, about the sixth hour. Now, here, what it says, sixth hour, this, this is John, and he's using Roman time. So in Roman time, this is 6 a.m. Just, you need to know that, or you can get confused with Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You stand up here sometime and try reading all this. <laughs> right here in verse 14, he says the sixth hour. If you don't realize he's using Roman time, you can get this confused with Matthew, Mark, and Luke. 
Because in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the sixth hour is noon. But here, the sixth hour is 6 a.m. because he's using Roman time. Okay? So verse 14, now it was a preparation day of the Passover and about, I'll just say it, about 6 a.m. And he said to the Jews, behold your king. But they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, we have no king but Caesar. Think about that. Did you know, and I, I got to say this right here because sometimes people miss it. Did you know that Jesus really was the king of the Jews? I mean, he really was. And we see, we, we seldom ever think about this, but he really was. Because who you go from David, was David the king, right? And then Solomon and on down. But, but when Nebuchadnezzar came in and took Jerusalem, the Davidic line for kingship ceased. Now listen to this. And it went off a different direction. But had the Davidic line, now this freaks people out because it seldom ever gets talked about. If the Davidic line had continued, does anybody remember Joseph and Mary? Yes or no? How many remembers Joseph was a carpenter, right? But Joseph, really, Joseph, talking about, now Jesus was born of a virgin, okay? Listen to this. Joseph was not his natural father. But Joseph, we always think of him as the humble carpenter. Do you know who Joseph really was? Joseph was the king of the Jews. Joseph. And you can trace Mary and Joseph down from David, but the Davidic line was discontinued when Nebuchadnezzar sacked Jerusalem, took Jerusalem, took him into the Jews into Babylonian captivity. But Joseph, did you ever think about that? Joseph was actually the king of the Jews. Thus, Jesus was really, for real, the king of the Jews. Isn't that interesting? A lot of people miss that. Verse 15, we have no king but Caesar. Verse 16, then he delivered him to be crucified. Then they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went out to a place called the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha. Now we know, see, because here it says Jesus bore his cross, but somebody helped him. Anybody remember who that was? Simon, see, you've got to put them all together to get the full story. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Verse 18, there they crucified him. Again, they crucified. That's a, that's a big statement right there. They crucified him. And two others with him, one on either side and Jesus in the center. Now, Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Then many of the Jews read this title for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Therefore the chief priests and the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but, but they wanted him to put up, uh, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. And Pilate said, What I have written, I have written. And how many of you know Pilate got it right, didn't he? 
Then the soldiers, when they'd crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to each soldier apart, and also a tunic. Now the tunic was without seam, woven from the top in one piece. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not tear it, but let's cast lots for it, whose it'll be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which says, they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Therefore, the soldiers did these things. So they were just fulfilling prophecy, didn't even know they was doing it. Verse 25, now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. People ask me what happened to Joseph. I don't know. Most people, theologians, think he probably died. I don't, I don't know. I, I can't answer the question. I don't know. Then Jesus, therefore, saw his mother, the disciple whom he loved. Does anybody know who that is? As John, he's the one writing this by the direction of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus therefore saw his mother, the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her into his own home. So who did he turn his mom over to? To John. Now why did he turn his mother over to one of his half-brothers? Like James, who would later be the pastor or Jude, who would later write a write the book of Jude. James wrote the book of James. Why didn't he turn him over to one of them? Because the Bible says that in Jesus' ministry, his brothers didn't believe on him. But after he was raised from the dead, then they believed on him. At least we know two of them did. Do you know sometimes your church family can be closer to you than your natural family? And Jesus trusted this disciple more than... He did his own brothers at the time. Verse 28, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of, now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop, put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And I'll just say this. The plan of salvation wasn't finished right there. What was finished right there was the law. Because if everything was finished right there, why did Jesus have to be raised from the dead? This aspect was finished. The law was finished. Remember the temple was torn from top to bottom. You no longer needed the priests to go for you. You could go for yourself. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Therefore, because it was a preparation day, and remember the Bible says when Jesus was on that cross, what was he bearing in his own body? Our what? Our sins. And our sickness and disease. Is that right? Verse 31, Therefore, because it was a preparation day, that the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day. The Jews, And by the way, is it okay if I just comment here a little more? A lot of people think Jesus died on a Friday. But if he died on a Friday, you can't get, if you go Friday, to, we know he was raised from the dead on Sunday, early on Sunday morning. So if you go from Friday to early on Sunday, you don't get three days and three nights out of that, do you? Do you? Boy, what about Good Friday? Well, look, he was probably crucified probably on a Wednesday. This was a certain, this Sabbath they were talking about here wasn't the weekly Sabbath. It was a special high day. And do you ever think about this? If Jesus died on a 
on a, on a Friday. Do I want to say that? No, let me not say that. Let's just move on. No, that's all right. I don't want to, I don't want to throw you off. Well, Well, there's a lot of different ways. The, the, the bottom line is, I just don't know. But if Jesus, because a lot of times people say that Thursday was a special high day, and they'll say he was crucified on a Wednesday. Okay? So think about the women now. They saw his body go in the tomb. Let's just say, let's just say for the sake of argument, laid on a Wednesday. Okay? Thursday was a high day, so the Sabbath, they couldn't do anything because they had certain high days. Not to be confused with the weekly Saturday Sabbath. And the one reason I have a little problem with the Wednesdays, Wednesday crucifixion, is this. I just think about this the other day. If he died on a Wednesday, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, put him in the tomb before sun, sunset, sat, uh, Thursday doing nothing, they're resting, right? Where do you think the women would have been going on Friday morning? To where? To the tomb. And we don't see that, do we? We don't see them going until Sunday morning, which, which makes me scratch my head. Maybe he wasn't crucified on a Wednesday. Well, if he was crucified on a Thursday, okay, Can I tell you what? I'm going to tell you. I don't know if Jesus was crucified on a Wednesday. I don't know if he was crucified on Thursday. I don't know if he was crucified on a Friday. I don't know how you count the time, the days. the I don't know all of that. I wish I did, but I don't. I've tried to study it out. All I can tell you is that for sure it doesn't matter if it was a Monday. It doesn't matter if it was a Wednesday. It doesn't matter if it was a Thursday. It doesn't matter if... I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost on the authority of this book that there was a day in the week that Jesus Christ of Nazareth died on that cross. And he was buried, and according to his words, he was in the tomb for three days and three nights. And whatever he did on the cross and whatever he did from the cross to the resurrection, it was all sufficient and not only sufficient, it was more than sufficient. And he died, he shed his blood, he was buried, and we know that early on Sunday morning, I don't know exactly if it was a Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, but he died on that cross, he was buried, and on the third day by the power of the Holy Ghost. He was raised from the dead. Can you say amen? Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And if you really knew what happened and what he did for you, we'd all be dancing in the streets. Can you say amen? That's what they did when he was raised from the dead. We read it in Matthew's account. Those, some of those saints got resurrected. They came out of the tomb and they went into the city of Jerusalem. And somebody asked me one night, what did they say when they got into the city? They had just seen Jesus being raised from the dead. They had a message to preach. Can you say amen? Woo, glory to God. Praise God. Man, some of you people need a Holy Ghost to get off on you a little bit. 
How can you go from reading the Bible to shouting the Holy Ghost, praise God? And you know, people, ignoramuses, they'll argue, was it a Wednesday? Was it a Thursday? Was it a Friday? I don't know, but I know Jesus died on Calvary's cross. And on the third day, by the power of the Holy Ghost, he was raised from the dead. That was a Sunday morning. First day, he came out of the tomb. Can you say amen? And he said, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given unto me. Praise God. Pastor, why, why did the power of God come on you? Because we're reading the word of God. Woo, glory to God. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Can you say amen? My goodness gracious. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let the Holy Ghost get off on you. Some of you could use the Holy Ghost to get off on you a little bit. Praise God. Whoo. Can you say amen? Almost get drunk on the Holy Spirit there. Now, where was I? 31. Therefore, because it was a preparation day, that the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath. That Sabbath was a high day. The Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken. The Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and the other who was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus, saw that he was already dead, they didn't break his legs. That was prophecy, wasn't it? Not one of his bones will be broken. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. Immediately blood and water came out. And he who has been, and he who has seen has testified and his testimony is true. He knows that he's telling the truth so that you may believe. Glory to God. For these things were done that the scripture would be fulfilled. There it is. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, they'll look on him whom they pierced. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he, might be, that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission, so he came and took the body of Jesus. And Nicodemus, well, there's Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, and about 100 pounds. Then they took the body of Jesus, bound it, in strips of linen with the spices, as the custom of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So there they laid Jesus because the Jews' preparation day for the tomb was nearby. And he went in there, his body went in there, Spirit went, the Bible says, he says, spirit went down into hell is what the Bible says, right? Awaiting the resurrection, and we'll get to that next week because Jesus didn't stay in that tomb, did he? Did you enjoy that? Well, then in honor of the Lord, let's receive communion. Shelly and Diane are going to sing a song that we're all going to sing with them while they pass out to communion. My was my mother's favorite song. She'd have been ninety-four yesterday, by the way. Praise God. Let's let's honor the Lord.